This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. My name's Martine and I'm an alcoholic. The purpose of the show is to increase public awareness of Alcoholics Anonymous as an effective means of recovery from the disease of alcoholism. Our show has two parts. First we talk a bit about alcoholism, what it is and what AA can do to help and then we'll interview a recovering alcoholic who is an active member of AA. I'm now going to ask our guest to read the AA preamble which is read at the start of every AA meeting. Hi, my name's Mel and I'm an alcoholic. The AA preamble, Alcoholics Anonymous is a fellowship of men and women who share their experience, strength and hope with each other that they may solve their common problem and help others to recover from alcoholism. The only requirement for membership is a desire to stop drinking. There are no dues or fees for AA membership. We are self-supporting through our own contributions. AA is not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organisation or institution. Does not wish to engage in any controversy, nor the endorses nor opposes any causes. Our primary purpose is to stay sober and help alcoholics to achieve sobriety. So what is alcoholism? Alcoholism is a disease, not a disgrace. There's no shame in having an illness or a disease. An unusual feature of this disease is that it will do whatever it can to convince you that you do not have it. However, once it has a hold of you, the progression of symptoms is like the classic disease model and the victim is as helpless as a sufferer of cancer. If you're an alcoholic, you're at the beginning of a long road that usually ends in one of three places, prisons, institutions or death. And if you think that sounds dramatic, we can assure you that our collective experience has shown this to be true. The challenge is to convince the alcoholic to admit that they need help and become willing to seek it. Denial is a major symptom of alcoholism. The alcoholic is often the last one to recognise it and admit that they have it. Our definition of alcoholism is that it's an allergy of the body coupled with an obsession of the mind. The allergy is the physical aspect of the disease. After having one drink, the phenomenon of craving develops and we lose control over when we will stop drinking. The old saying is one is too many and a thousand is never enough. And yet because of the obsession of the mind, the mental aspect of the disease, the alcoholic is compelled to keep picking up the first drink. This makes us powerless. We often hear from sober alcoholics that many doubted whether life could be fun without alcohol. Fortunately, those same people report that their lives have improved dramatically since they became sober. The 12-step program of recovery, which is discussed at meetings and which is outlined in the Alcoholics Anonymous Big Book, is how we get sober and maintain our sobriety one day at a time. This program has a proven track record of helping otherwise hopeless alcoholics to achieve long-term sobriety and recovery. It has taught us how to enjoy life sober. Okay, for anyone who has just joined us, you're listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show here on Plains FM 96.9. We're just about to interview a member of AA who is going to share their experience with alcoholism. 
Would our guests like to introduce themselves and give us a quick sketch of who you are? Hi, my name is Mel and I'm an alcoholic. Um, I've been sober for 15 years and I'm coming up 46 this year. Cool. And what do you do for a job, Mel? Uh, I am a hairdresser. Cool. And are you married? Yes, I'm a- married. And you have children? I have two two boys. Yes. Lovely. And could you tell us about your, your childhood growing up? Yeah, my childhood was um, not the greatest. I My father was an alcoholic. Um, my mother was... Um, you know, struggled with mental illness as well. Um, and I grew up um, a very, very anxious child, right. suffering from anxiety very badly. And um, yeah, that was basically my life growing up. Okay. Very anxiety filled. Sure. Yep. So, how old were you when you had your first drink? And can you tell us about that? I would have been probably about. 14, mm-hmm. um, and it was with a group of friends, um, and we drank uh, wine for the first time, um, and I loved it. What yeah. did you love about it? Um, it just made me feel comfortable in my own skin, mm-hmm. and I'd never felt that way. Um, it made me f- made the anxiety go away. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was confident, and I liked myself, and you know, I had all this confidence. Um, so yeah, I loved it. And and how did you drink? You know, as as your drinking career progressed, did you binge drink? Were you drinking alone socially? What sort of drinking did you um, do? I I was a binge drinker. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to, uh, you know, I could sometimes go maybe um, a month without drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but um, when I did drink. I would drink quite big quality quantities for mm-hmm. my size, and I would get, uh, I would drink wine, which right. was um, something I loved because it worked quick and fast, and did what I wanted it to do. But it made me very sick. I used to get hangovers that would last for days. Right. Mm. And when when did you feel that your drinking had become a problem? Um, I always thought I was pretty normal um, in my teenage years because everyone else was doing it. Um, and I did know that my behaviour was a bit off when mm-hmm. I drank. You know, I sort of used to get a bit more crazier and a bit more out there than some people. Um, and I also used to get very cocky, like I was, you know, I would do anything wild, and I'd, I'd go, you know, just a bit over the top with everything right. when I drank. And, yeah, but it was when after I had my children and um, met mums at school and things like that, um, that I realised, well, you know, um, they behave quite nicely when they had a wine. Right. And yeah. I didn't. I, you know, I wished I could drink and behave like them, but obviously I couldn't. Yeah. Mm. And so, you know, did you ever try and stop? Oh, you know, like I had many, many mornings where I woke up and it was like, well, that's it. I'm never doing this again. Yeah. I've poisoned my body. I feel so sick. Um, oh, I've embarrassed myself. I've um, done something really stupid. I've said something really stupid. That's it. Not never drinking again. You know. So I, you know, that thought was always there. How uh, long did it last for? A long time. Uh, probably about I would say ten years. Right. Mm. So what made you realise at the end that you needed help? Uh, because I became suicidal through right. my actions of drinking. Um, it slowly knocks you down to the stage where you really hate who you are yeah, and you're really embarrassed of who you are, 
um, your actions, um, your betrayal, the things you've done to people that you love the most. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for me, I um, was suicidal. Right. That was just the most amazing description that mm. you just gave, I mm. think. Um, yeah, it's yeah really... I think everyone in the studio is nodding their head because everyone can can relate. Mm. So, have you lost jobs and relationships, and and you know, and you know, relationships with friends and family as a result of your drinking? Um, yes, I've lost uh, friendships. I've lost um, relationships with my family. Um, I have um, been fortunate enough not to, you know, like lose my job. Oh, saying that, I have quit jobs. Yes, so I probably walked out of jobs when I shouldn't have. Um, I haven't lost my licence. There's a lot of things I hadn't done, um, but yet. Yeah. So, Can you explain what that means to any listeners who don't understand about the yet? Um, the yet means, had I carried on drinking, I know I would have done all those, you know, lost my licence, I would have, uh, you know, done all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. And how did you feel? You know, in terms of like you were kind of, I think you actually sort of said it quite well, but, you know, in terms of like your mental and emotional decline, mm. where were you at before you stopped? Uh, I was at a really horrible place. I mean, I had two beautiful little children and uh, my marriage had broken up and I was actually too scared to drink. Right. Because I thought if I drink, you know, that feeling, you know, how I said before that I get very... Um, courageous and I just do stupid things I knew that I would take my own life right um so and I didn't want to do that yeah but when I drink you know those things can happen Mm. so Mel I wonder if you could tell us specifically about the about your rock bottom and what actually happened that led you to the lowest point that your drinking took you to Mm. Uh, I think it was what I thought that people were better off without me Mm-hmm. And that um, I didn't deserve to be here, and that um, I'd hurt people, and so yeah, that was pretty pretty much my rock bottom. So you eventually found yourself uh, found yourself sitting or, or got yourself to an AA meeting. Mm. Can you describe what that was like? How, how were you feeling? How were the people there? What was what was your experience of your first meeting? Okay. Well, I was really fortunate because my brother um, was in the fellowship, right? And um, you know, I'd seen his life improve, right, from going to meetings and and being sober, and um, you know, so I he actually came around and talked to me. And um, I'm really grateful for that. He took me to my first meeting. Nice. And, um, I, you know, I just sat in there and I was just a mess and I cried. And I don't know if I heard anything, but um, I did hear to keep coming back. Yeah. And um, so that's what I did. How many times did he try to get you in before? He would suggest things to me and say about my drinking, but I hadn't hit my rock bottom, yeah. so I wasn't ready to accept it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And what, what did he actually say to you? Um, I can't exactly remember because um, it was very foggy days back then yeah, with sure. my mental health and things. But um, he, I know he would have been stoked and he <laughs> was very happy to take me to my first meeting. Yeah, long time coming. It's quite interesting, isn't it, the um, the, the magic that is, is around one alcoholic talking to a to another is that that what you found that you could relate to oh yeah yeah I felt like I fitted and and that I wasn't alone 
Yeah. Yeah. So it was really good. So you've had, you're now 15 years around there sober. sober, yeah. How, how have you managed? How do you think you could say that you've managed to stay sober this whole time? I really feel, uh, for me, I entered my first meeting and I haven't drunk from then. Yeah. Um, when I look back now, I know that it is um, help from my higher power. It is, um, you know, going to meetings and talking to other alcoholics. Um, and I think also the thing for me was I could see my life improving. I could see myself love coming back slowly. and um, And I could see that... I was starting to be able to do things sober, which I never thought I could. Like what? Uh, go out and have a good time with my friends, um, you know, have people around for dinner, go to concerts, uh, go to birthday parties, go to New Year's Eve parties, go to, you know, just all those things that I needed to be drunk to do. Yeah. Yeah. So now, how do you cope when you've got, when life throws difficulties at you? How do you cope mm. sober? Um, you know, like I, I find it hard. Um, I was diagnosed with cancer uh, a year and a half ago, and that was very anxiety-ridden time for me. Yeah. Um, and not once did I feel like drinking. Um, I know that drinking would only make things worse. Yeah. And I know that I've got tools around me now that I can deal with these hard situations, tools that will get me out of it rather than putting me deeper in it yeah if I if I was a drinker and I drank yeah and how would you describe yourself and the life that you have today my life's amazing um, I'm still married to my um, husband uh, of 20 years um, my boys have never I don't think they can remember me being um, drinking yeah so they've had a very good upbringing which is great because I didn't want them to have the same sort of upbringing what I had. Um, you know, I'm a great, you know, I'm a good friend now. Um, I can be there for people without expecting something in return, you know, and I just make the most out of every day. What about your anxiety? Do you still have it? Yes, I still have it, yep, yep. Um, but I've got tools to deal with it. Sure. What, what about goals for the future? Um, it's just working on um, contentment and happiness, and um, just and, and just enjoying life and and being happy. You know, um, that's my main goal. Right. I yeah. haven't got big ambitious goals about you know um, materialistic things. Yeah. It's more about just uh, keeping well in myself and mentally and physically. Yeah. Sure thing. So AA is described as a spiritual program. What does spiritu spirituality mean to you? Um, spirituality is um, something out there that I know um, I can rely on. For you, how does spirituality differ from religion? Um, I find religion quite restricting and um, I find spirituality freeing and um, open and non-judgmental and yeah if somebody came into AA and they looked on the banners and saw the word God there and they were hesitant about it what would you say to them I would say uh, you know don't worry about it just look at it as a group of drunks right you know um, it doesn't have to be you know a God thing 
at this stage, and 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 it, and it work, and it just slowly um, becomes easier to accept. Yeah, nice. What would you suggest for any listeners? So they're they're sitting out there and they're listening to the program. What advice would you have for any listeners who are out there who think that they may have a drinking problem? Uh, my advice would be to um, go to an AA meeting. Go to an AA meeting. Go to a you know go to a few. Uh, listen, look for the similarities, not the differences, um, and talk to another alcoholic. Right. Mm. And what questions do you think you could ask somebody to help them decide whether they're an alcoholic or not? Uh, is alcohol affecting parts of your life with your family, your friends, your job, you know, your career? Yeah, just those questions. Where is it? Is it affecting you mentally? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Mm. Okay, Mel, thank you very much for coming onto the show and sharing your story with us. Oh, it's been great. Thank you for having me. For our listeners, if you've related to anything you've heard or would like more information about Alcoholics Anonymous, you can look us up on the web at www.aa.org.nz or you can call us on 0800 AA Works. There are over 60 meetings a week in Canterbury, so it's likely there's one near you. Join us next week to hear more from AA members sharing their experiences. Our show airs every Monday at 5.30 on Plains FM and repeats on Wednesday at 12.30pm. You can also find podcasts of our past shows on the Plains FM website at plainsfm.org.nz or you can download, subscribe and listen to podcasts on iTunes and Spotify. That brings us to the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And remember, if you want to drink, that's your business. But if you want to stop, we can help. You don't have to do it alone. We will now close the show with a serenity prayer, as we do in every AA meeting. God, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. You've been listening to the Alcoholics Anonymous radio show on Plains FM 96.9.